as we uh, come together and learn the will of Jesus Christ. All right. Okay, so kind of we're going to center in Second Kings, chapter twenty-two and twenty-three, and um, you know I usually read these, but this is like really, really long. Okay, uh, we're talking about uh, thirty-five verses in one and twenty in another. So uh, hopefully you read it. It was in the bulletin last week. Gives you a chance to get ready for the sermon. I hope you'll take advantage of that so that uh, you have a little bit of um, God's speaking into your life. But uh, I'm going to kind of be all over the place today in various places. So uh, just kind of follow along, do your best. But we're gonna, that's going to be a, a main point right there in our service today. But today I don't want to do this. We've been collecting these school supplies. Why? Because kids are valuable. I've already mentioned that word valuable about four times in my participation opportunities. Maybe you picked up on it. Well, you will now. Kids are valuable. Children are valuable. And that's why we're doing what we're doing, to reach out to them and to their families and to be able to say to them, you're important, you're valuable, and, and we care for you, and, and we think that God has something for you. So I wanted to tie together the sermon with that this morning. I'm going to do the same with Mephibosheth next week. With Hank's coming in disability ministry. If you know Mephibosheth, you know the situation that he has. So I can do it for a couple weeks. I don't know if I can do it for the next month, but I can do it this week and next week. Tie together what we're doing here is also with what the sermon is about. So that's kind of why I picked what I did. It says in, in Second Second uh, Kings chapter 22, it says, Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign. Can you imagine that? <laughs> eight years old. You're on the throne, buddy. Step up. All right. Or sit down or do something. Get on for the ride. Can you imagine that? Now, there probably some, maybe some help was given to him, of course, as an eight-year-old. But the fact is, he's a kid. He's the kid king. And God has something very, very special for him. So, he's very valuable. Our kids that we're going to minister to with their backpacks and school supplies are very valuable. Jesus loves them just like he loved King Josiah. Now, here's one way to tell these kids in our community that they're valuable is this. Make sure you have your school supplies here by Wednesday. That'd be one way you can minister and say, you kids, you're valuable. We think that you have value to us and to the Lord. The second thing is, you could come at 8.30 on Friday. Okay, I know that's not nearly as early as 5 o'clock on Monday. All right? You'll be all rested up by then. If you came earlier, now you come on Friday, right? But we could really use your help. You could say to those kids, just by what you're doing, you're valuable to us. And we want you to know that. Good boy. So thanks to Michelle Hill and, and Sheila and June. Thank you all for coordinating and kind of putting some things together for us. Really appreciate that. And thank you to all of you that have already brought your school supplies and will bring your school supplies. Thank you. We appreciate that so much. Thank you. It's going to be exciting. With you. Now, the thing is, now, how do we follow up with that into the school? Not just a one and done, right? But how do we follow up with that? Could, what could we do for the teachers? Maybe to supply a lunch for them down the road or something that says to them, you all are important too. Now, the teachers will get some of the things we're sending to them. But how do we follow up with that to continue to make a difference in our local school right here where a number of our kids uh, go to school? So thank you so much for that. Author C.S. Lewis, many of you have read many of his books. <clears throat> I've had that opportunity through the years. Unfortunately, I didn't understand many of them, because he's way above me. But uh, Mere Christianity, and, uh, 
book about grief, uh, the various ones. Uh, just, just a great author. But he said this, I read this just this week. Children are not a distraction from more important things. They are the most important things. I really hit me when I came across that. God brought that. Wasn't looking for that quote. Children are, are not, are not, I can get it. Children are not a distraction from more important work. They are the more important work, the most important work. Lewis is just echoing Jesus' words. Found in Matthew chapter 19. You'll remember the story that disciples were all gathering around and they're bringing children to Jesus that he might lay hands on them and that he might pray for them. And the disciples decide adults are way more important. Get them away, basically. It's not the text like that, but that's what they're saying. You know, hey, we got Jesus got some things that are really, really important to do around here, but kids, you're not a part of it. And Jesus rebukes them. And Jesus says to them, no, no, they're valuable. They are valuable. As he goes on and he says, let the little children come to me. Let the little children come to me. And don't hinder them. For to such belongs the Discipleship, you, you got it wrong. These kids are valuable. Super duper valuable. And they need to be here. They need to be here. This is important for them to be a part of. Excuse me. Just this week, a brave and God-blessed mom who just happened to be the president of the local school body. You see her picture right there. Her name is Sonia Shaw. She spoke up in a board meeting at the Chino Valley School District. She said this, Our children are valuable. And I'm going to stand up against our deceitful culture and the individuals who want to harm our children through promoting immoral and unhealthy sexuality and gender issues and also want to take away the rights of parents to know what's going on with their kid in school. Yeah, amen. You're right. Yeah. She stood up for what is good and right and holy and is common sense. And no surprise, she's received violence and death threats. Every color, every race, all are covered in His grace. For every color, 
shape and size, they are precious in his eyes. Or big or little, short or tall, does not matter, not at all. Big and little, young and old, greatest story ever told. Jesus loves the little children of the
be known for children and teens and, of course, adults who are seeking the Lord with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. Heart, soul, mind, and strength. Students, you that are here today, I'll tell you this. If you will stand in honor for Jesus, he will stand in honor for you. Just like Stephen experienced. Yeah, he was getting stoned and he looked up from heaven and there's Jesus standing for him. He stood for Stephen, stood for Jesus. Jesus stood for you will stand in honor for Jesus. He will stand in honor My prayer for you as students, kids and students, certainly moving into adults, is that it might be said of you that was said of Josiah in 2 Kings chapter 22, verse 2, and 2 Kings 23, 25, and I just put those verses together and said this. And Josiah did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. And he did not turn aside to the right or to the left. Before him there was no king like him who turned to the Lord with all his heart, and with all his soul, and with all his might. And don't you all want that to be said of you someday? There's nobody like you. There's nobody like you or her. There's nobody like you, students, who followed the Lord with all their hearts and did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. Didn't turn aside to the right or to the left. Didn't swerve as we talk about when we went through Proverbs. Stayed right on the path. Stayed right on that path. He didn't turn away, but he turned to the Lord with all his heart, with all his soul, with all his might. That's what I want for us. Especially. majestic to see our children and youth as the most important work, that they are loved, protected, cared, and prayed for, and discipled, and that they'll know that for the rest of their lives. Think about all those people that impacted my life as a young person, as a student, a teenager, all those people who taught Sunday school. I know we drove you crazy.
fix their life and they stay and they don't turn from the right or to the left. They don't swerve. They turn to the Lord with all their heart and all their soul and all their mind. That's what we want. And it's going to take us to be able to do that and to work together to make that happen. Now, parents, we know that you're the first line. Grandparents, we're the first line of helping. And I've promoted this for 21 years now since I've been here, but if you're not praying for your kids using this, this will help you to know specifically how to pray for your kids. They're out there, track rack. Chronicles 34. Details all this stuff that has been taking place there. 
As we look at this passage, it says the people had brought the money in verse 4, 22-4. They had counted the money. The people had brought their money. They'd given sacrificially to be able to make these repairs that needed to be done to the temple of the Lord. And then it was distributed to the workers. And really, I'm giving you a synopsis of chapter, uh, verse 3 through verse 7. And it was given to the workers for them to make the needed repairs. My, my Bible says Joseph, Josiah repairs the temple. The men's Bible study I was at on Wednesday morning, a good Bible study to be able to be part of, we talked about the tabernacle, you know, the portable way that they worship, and God had his presence with them, so got a little picture there of the, the, the tabernacle right in the upper left. We talked about this, the intricate detail and the excellence that went into constructing the tabernacle, the making of the poles. The Ark of the Covenant, the lampstand, the other items that were there, the curtains. It's recorded in Exodus chapter 35 through 40. The best materials. They used the best materials. And they had the best workers were used. Why? Because the Lord deserves the best. The best materials. The best workers. People that God had, had initiated in put in their hearts to be able to work with their hands and to put all this together, they wouldn't have chosen me. All right? I'd have chosen my wife, but they wouldn't have chosen me. That's not my gift. But God had these gifts for these people. And they used them, the best materials, the best workers, because the Lord deserves the best. Not because He needs it, no, but because it represents Him in His character. That's who He is. That same excellence was true for when they put together the temple, the constructed the temple, Solomon, putting it together many years before that. That was the permanent place, right? The tabernacle, the temporary place as they moved, as that cloud moved. The Lord said, it's time to get up and to go. That million people packed everything up and went on. I'm sure there was some complaining at times, right? But then they constructed the temple, this permanent place for God's presence to dwell with them. Why did they do that? Because the Lord wants the best for himself and his people, and he expects his people to give him the best. That's us. Excellence, our best, should characterize our relationship with the Lord. Does he have the best of our time? Does he have the best of our worship? Does he have the best of our giving? Does he have the best of our serving? Does he have the best of our dress? Does he have the best of our Saturday nights? That's all he wants. It's just our best. And in every way. And in every sense. Why? Not, not because he needs it to fulfill something in the end and make him feel like he's really great. No, because that's who he is. And it represents him and his character. He wants our best. That's why he recognizes there's things in the temple that need to be taken care of. They need to be fixed. They need to be done. We'll talk more about the unholy things next week. As we were in our Bible study on Thursday morning, our men's Bible study, feel free to join us. The information's in the bulletin. It says in verse 7 of chapter 22, this is very interesting. 
But no accounting shall be asked from them for the money that is delivered into the hand, for they deal honestly. Uh, that is incredible. They trusted these workers so much. They were so much men and women of integrity. They didn't have to go. Now, we gave you $35, and you spent $32.75 down at the store. Now, where's the rest of the money? They didn't have to do that because they were people that were people of integrity and financial accountability, and they gave their best, and they could be trusted in that. What a picture. What a beautiful picture of the best of these workers in honoring the Lord and giving them their best. So as I think about the temple, I think about what Josiah, these reforms he made in the temple, the repairs he made. I ask you the same question. What, what spiritual thing? Repairs do you need to make in your life? What spiritual repairs do you men need to make in your life? What's out of order? And it needs to be repaired and put back into a, a good space, the best for Him. I gave you lots of ideas for time, your worship, your giving, your serving, your dress, your Saturday nights. The same thing you maybe need to work on, and I need to work on to make some spiritual repairs in our you go on in this chapter, it says that Josiah, the way I put it, Josiah reintroduces the law to the people. Where has the book of the law been all these years? There were, what they had, they didn't have the full Bible, of course, but what they had, where has it been all these years? Why have the people ignored what they knew to be right that was passed down through them through oral tradition? What had happened to that? Not just the written word that they had, the Torah, the Pentateuch, those passages, but what had happened to the oral tradition that had been taking place and the people passing on the law of God. Something has been missing. When the book of the law was found, the leaders did the right thing. They recognized that they had been missing it, and then they read it, verse 10 and 11 goes on to say that Shaphan, the secretary, told the king, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book, and Shaphan read it before the king. When the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his clothes. A little bit like what happened with Baruch last week. They found the law again, right? They put it together, and they brought it, and they recognized they'd been missing it. The response is different in this passage than what happened in Jeremiah's day. That king missing what God had for us. It says in 23, 3 and 4, going on about the law, and the king stood by the pillar and he made a covenant before the Lord to walk after the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart and all his soul to perform the words of this covenant were written in this book and the people joined him in the covenant. They read it and they decided, we need to obey this. This is the right thing. This is God's word to us. And they made a covenant. I'm going to obey the commandments of the Lord. I would ask you, what's your covenant with the Lord regarding His word? We talked about that last week. Getting into the word every day. It's that important for you to get into the word every day, to make time for the Lord, and to understand what He wants for you, and to get to know Him through His word. I made this statement as I finished my sermon last week. I hope you wear out lots of Bibles. But I exhort you never to weary of its precious and powerful word. Individual came to me after the second service last.
last week showed you was borne out by wear that Bible out, but never weary of its powerful, precious words. Somebody gave me a response in the prayer card from last week in the sermon. Pastor, having recently not read the Bible daily as I was, this is exactly the message. I hope that you took it more seriously last week. I also got a great response from somebody service too. If I can find his name. It's about the word of God. Giving the verse in Luke chapter 11, 28. Blessed brother are those who hear the word of God and obey it. And talking in this, this little article, this devotional article about it. As the word comes to, need, comes to us, we need to sponge it up. We need to bring it to ourselves. We need to grab all we can. I heard the Shane and Shane song this week about the living word and let it saturate as we sponge it up and we bring it in, it says here this faith step. As you read God's word today, think of yourself as a sponge. Let it soak in far deeper than your brain and get ready to squeeze it out there. That's so Bring the word like a sponge does. And then give it out. Squeeze it out to the people who are around you. So what's your covenant with the Lord going to be about reading Take time each day to read what God has for you. His living instruction. The things He knows that are best for you and best for us. Jeff prayed earlier. Josiah recognized that he was the covenant of his people. This is what we're going to do. We're going to do what the Word says. We're not going to just be hearers of the Word. We're going to be doers who do not deceive them. Going to be like the wise man who built his house on the rock. Why? Because he heard God's words and then he put them into practice. He obeyed them. We talked about last week. Third thing that Josiah does, he rids the temple of the unholy. You go to chapter 23, verses 4 through 20. This is unbelievable. This is unbelievable. What they allowed to be in the temple with God's presence. Vessels for other gods, unholy priests, the Asherah, the houses of the male prostitutes in the temple. I'm just telling you what the word says. The high places used to worship other gods. The altars where children were sacrificed to other gods. Horses and chariots that were unholy, etc., 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 etc. Now these weren't just in the temple. Many of them were, but they were also in the high places, other places where they had set up that they were going to worship God with other gods. All over the place, all over Judah, all over Israel. And Josiah takes that on and says, these are wrong. This is unholy. We need to rid ourselves of these things, the temple, ourselves. We need to get rid of them. I I read this and I go, "How how could that happen? Why had the priests and people allowed sin to take a seat at the temple? Uh, I'm using the little bluey giggly elements of this study. We talked about don't give the enemy a seat at your table. Great study. Some of you used that already. Why had the priests?
priests and people allowed sin to take a seat at the temple, well, they can tell you this. First, they'd lost track of the word of the Lord. They found the word of the Lord. They'd lost track of it. It wasn't a part of their lives. But secondly, they'd also forgotten, ignored, disobeyed the commands of the Lord, found in Exodus chapter 19, 6, Leviticus 19, 1, and repeated for us in 1 Peter chapter 1, 15. Would you read this verse with me? But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. This comes from Exodus. comes from Leviticus. The Lord says, I'm holy. Therefore, you're holy. You have my life in you. Therefore, be holy. that are there that stink. That stink, according to him. This shouldn't be in our lives. If we're all working through them, you know, we're not perfect. We've all got these things that we need to rid ourselves of. With his help, we don't do it by ourselves. That's why we have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, so that we can be holy for us. What steps will you take to rid yourself of this? Don't give the enemy 1 Corinthians chapter 6, you probably know this, 19 through 21. Or, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Within you whom you have from God, you were bought with the price. You're not your own. Therefore, do what? Glorify God with your body. What, don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? You were bought with the price. Christ paid the price for you. Therefore, glorify God with your body. Get rid of those holy things. Find the freedom that God has. The last thing that Josiah did, he restores the Passover. Found in chapter 23, verses 21 through 23. I've been asking these questions. Why had the Passover not been celebrated? This, this deliverance that God gave these people. Out of Egypt, slavery, hard labor. Why had that not been celebrated? God, God instituted it before they got set free. He said, this is what you're going to do. This is what I want you to do on that night of the Passover. Then he delivers them, and then he wants them to do this annually, to have this Passover feast and to celebrate and remember what God had done for them. Why had that been forgotten? Well, because they forgot the book of the law. They didn't have the book of the law. It been lost. Now it's found. And they hadn't passed it on in oral tradition to the people, to the kids. Out of sight. <laughs> Don't we all know that? Out of sight, out of mind. What provisions of the Lord do you need to remember and celebrate today? What things do you need to go back and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for how you, you worked in that area. I sure that was going to happen. And you, you came through in that area. Those, those markers, those spiritual markers that we have to remind us, God, you are faithful and you're faithful all the time. You're faithful 24-7. I need you 24-7 all the time. Why? Because you're the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, forever. You don't change. That's who you are. That's your 
Thank you, Lord. May you just take a little inventory. God, thank you. I remember when. Thank you so much. I think we can see in Josiah's life. Maybe we can see this. Eight-year-old, he begins to dream. Sixteen, he seeks the Lord. Twenty, he starts to make these reforms. Twenty-six, he begins to repair his own I think I think we can see this progression of growth in his life. And that's what God wants for you. And that's what God wants for you. A progression of growth. We know we're not, you know, we're not perfect. We're not going to do everything perfectly, but he wants to see in us this, this growth in our lives as Josiah had growth in his life and his walk. Pray that you'll see it even, you'll be able to look back and you'll be able to see that growth that God's doing in your life. Rejoice and remember what God has done. Children of value.
guy says to you, thank you for your serve to our kids. Thank you for being a part of their lives, how important it is. He's just rejoicing. Thank you that we get to be able to do that. You are sent.